Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, before we start the show, I want to talk to you about something real quick. You know, uh, I've been doing this podcast for a while, over three years now been a great time uh and obviously if you listen to the show you know i'm not the most knowledgeable sports person that's why i have to have john with me all of our great guests come on educate me but hey even though i'm not that knowledgeable i still have fun a little online gambling some sports betting i'm really excited this week to tell you about our new sponsor my bookie uh you know i'm not going to recommend a service to you that i wouldn't use myself something that's good and easy to use fun uh and a great deal and that's why i'm telling you right now my bookie is a great way to uh, have a little fun gambling on college sports. Uh, you know, they have in-game live betting. Uh, they have player perks, all kinds of different stuff for the fantasy guys out there. You can bet the over-under on all kinds of fun things. Uh, me and John were just looking at some of these great prop bets they have on there. Later in the show, we'll get to that. Uh, it's really just a really fun site. Uh, and like I mentioned before, we got a great deal for you because you're a great loyal listener to our show, Landsharks After Dark. Uh, if you join my bookie right now, We'll match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you have to do is use our promo code SHARK, S-H-A-R-K, all caps. Uh, and when you sign up, mention you heard about it on a podcast, put Landstarks After Dark in there. That would be great. So all you got to do, go to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Just type that in Google. Uh, and then use our promo code when you create your account. And uh, we'll match dollar for dollar, $100 or more deposits, up to 1000 for free uh, gambling money. That's a great deal, guys. You're not going to get that anywhere else. You play, you win. You get paid, and uh, it helps your favorite podcast out too. So just go to my bookie today. Use our promo code Shark. Thanks, guys. Let's get to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host Justin Sanders. It is game week. Monday, August 27th, Texas Tech right around the corner. Uh, Ole Miss getting the season started for real now, and uh, we're here to talk about it. We're going to talk about what's going on around the league. We're going to look at Ole Miss's uh, official depth chart heading into the game and uh, look at some lines, you know, all our favorite things to do over on uh, my bookie. You might have heard that at the beginning of the show. Uh, let me bring my co-host in. we got John Stefanczyk with me. What's up, buddy? How you doing? It's good. 95 degrees in New Hampshire tomorrow. Oh, weather. boy. Sounds sticky. Yeah, it won't be as sticky here as it is down there. I guess you're but, right. But we're but it's gonna cool off like twenty degrees Friday. The dog so. days. Is uh did our our buddy John Stevens leave you yet? He was up there I knew a few days ago. Yeah, no, he flew back uh, yesterday morning, he and Beth, from the wedding we both attended in Boston this weekend. We had it was a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Uh I know y'all got into some pizza or any other uh New England shenanigans to report on? Um it's the main thing we did. <laughs> Pizza and weddings. That's pretty good. Yeah. It was succinct and to the point. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, uh, how are you feeling on game week, John? Football is, is back. We had week zero this past weekend. Do you see any of those, those exciting games? Jacksonville State, North Carolina A&T, I want to say. Uh, Hawaii versus Colorado State. Just riveting football. Yeah, really good 96, stuff. 96 on Wednesday, it's 71 on Saturday. I figure the Ole Miss defense will be ice cold for about a 25-degree drop. Yeah, yeah, that that should cool off NRG Stadium in Houston a pretty good amount when uh when old Mrs. linebackers take the field, right? But hey, we've got so much fan support attending this game that don't worry. Oh, we'll I'm sure. Good. No, you know the uh, the almost faithful are going to be traveling. I mean, I am interested to see what's going to happen with that because reports about how many tickets old Miss has sold not great, but at the same time, a lot of people that go to these games, you know, you're not going to buy your tickets through the university. Um, you know, you're going to overpay for bad seats generally when you buy tickets for a game like this through Ole Miss. So maybe there'll be a lot of Ole Miss fans there with secondary market tickets. It's not it's not insane. I think there'll be a lot more Texas Tech fans, of course. Um, you know, there's a lot of Red Raiders in every city in Texas. It's a pretty big fan base. Uh, and I think they're the favorites in that game. We'll get into that later uh, when we're going through the lines. But I think they're uh, projected to win by Vegas. So if I was a Tech fan, sure, I'd be there. I think it's pretty pretty even matchup. To uh, offensively minded teams, uh, defenses, you know, not as heralded uh, to to be uh, very polite there. Uh, Texas Tech's defense created a lot of turnovers last year. Have you have you heard about this? I don't know, like thirty or something. So I got to be careful, protect the ball if you're Ole Miss. That's going to be a key to winning, I think. Good for them because last season's turnovers that definitely is going to be an impact. <laughs> Hey, man, they returned like 10 defensive stars. I was watching Matt Luke's press conference earlier. I, that is the dumbest stat. Who cares how many people they you th- return? You think, uh, oh, you don't, you don't buy into returning starters? Isn't that uh, – no, that's like no, well, Steele's whole I thing. A, I, I put an asterisk by it. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're returning the same starters, did they get anybody new to get make their team any better? That's no. a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Ole Miss I mean, they're, is, uh, they're about a six and six football team returning ten starters. What are they going to do? All magically get better? We're basically just shitting on everyone that thinks Ole Miss's offense is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at this depth chart. So you talked about it enough. I actually pull it up and look at it. And who the hell is Tony Gray? Uh, Tony Gray is from like South Carolina or something. He was rumored to maybe be transferring out, but he ended up staying. He was like a four star tackle. He's not that bad. Dude, the, the, the two deep on offensive line is, is actually pretty good. Let's yeah. We're going to talk about Ole Miss's depth chart. We teased it a little bit before, um, after this, we'll look around the league a little bit before we get into lines. Uh, obviously the offense is fairly established. You know, I don't want to kind of misrepresent John misrepresent John's point. I think what you were saying about Texas Tech returning defensive starters is their defense still wasn't that good. Whereas Ole Miss's offense was pretty serviceable last year. Uh maybe returning a lot of starters there is a good sign. I don't know. Where do you come down on that? Do you think it just it doesn't really matter year to year who you return? We'll see. I mean it's young kids, you get this mixture of are they are they gonna progress, get in the weight room, are they gonna mature mm. or not? I mean it goes up and down sideways and we'll see. Yeah, so I mean, obviously DeMarcus Law started on the outside, Braylon Sanders backing him up. I think Braylon Sanders kind of backing up both outside wide receivers. Um because surely DK Metcalf's backup on the other side is not actually uh Freaking, uh, what's his face? Uh, Tunzel's little brother. What's his yeah, name? Yeah, Alex Weber. Alex Weber. Yeah, he's listed as Metcalf's backup. So I, I think that uh, Braylon Sanders probably backing up both sides there. Um, AJ Brown in the slot. Elijah Moore backing him up. 
Uh, let's talk about the offensive line because you were you Ooh. were asking who Tony Gray is. Do you know who Royce Newman is? I think he was fairly heralded out of high school. Uh, Bielema wanted him at one point. So. Right. Javon Patterson, obviously. Here's Bryce Matthews backing up Javon Patterson is interesting to me because I thought Bryce Matthews was a was a tackle, but I could have been wrong on that out of high school. He was a tackle initially. Now look, if a guy goes guard, tackle, whatever. Sure. I mean, sure. Move. Uh, Sean Rawlings, Eli Johnson at center, Ben Brown backed up by Jordan Sims. I saw in Luke's press conference today, he was saying that, uh, Jordan Sims was kind of the backup at both guard spots and at center. Um, kind of, he called him the sixth starter. Obviously Sims is the guy that started the last couple years. So that's very good depth there. Uh, then Alex Givens, right tackle backed up by Tony Gray. You were asking about, honestly, I think it's, it's like one of the best two deeps Ole Miss has had on the offensive line in a very long time. I mean, when was the last time you didn't have one player listed in multiple spots as a backup on the offensive line? That's fair. That's fair. At the very least, they have a ton of bodies. I think they're going to be top half of the league up front. I -hmm. think that's a reasonable expectation for this group. Mm -hmm. Dawson Knox, Octavius Cooley, tight end. I already mentioned DK Metcalf, Alex Weber, and then Miles Battle running. Behind Alex Weber, come on, son, you're four-star freshman. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Miles Battle might be a uh, a redshirt candidate, um, especially because it sounds like Elijah Moore is going to play. He's going to start on punt return. Luke was saying, um, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to redshirt one of Moore and uh, and uh, Miles Battle. And it sounds like Moore is further along than Battle being useful. Obviously, yeah. Tom Hughes, the starting quarterback. Scotty Phillips, the starting running back. That's one interesting position. Someone that isn't returning from last year. Obviously, Wilkins is gone, playing for the Colts now. Um, so, Scotty Phillips, Eric Swinney, Isaiah Woolard, and then you have to assume Tyler Knight is in the mix there, at least with a package or two as well. Um, yeah. So, this is kind of looking at the depth chart today got me thinking, John. Um, you know, I just had a fantasy draft on Sunday. Kind of a Kind of a quirky draft. Um, I, I got, I got kind of, um, criticized for the way my team shook out. I actually think I'm a genius and it's going to turn out really well. I went full studs. I want to get out here. So I'm not a fantasy football person. Okay. Frank, it just, I, cause I, I find I lose interest after about three weeks. With that being said, how the hell can anybody criticize anybody's fantasy draft? When the whole damn thing is so injury predicated, it's true. That I mean, if you look at what supposedly a top team is today compared to, you know, what it looks like based on Week Seven's injury profile, I think it's ludicrous to even make that assertion. That's a good point. So, I can't believe you don't play fantasy, man. Fantasy is fun. Uh, if you're gonna watch, you know, the hell sport that is football, fantasy is like a good way to make it more interesting. But no, so in my fantasy draft, I go full on studs and duds. You know, I, I it's an auction draft. I spend way too much on two top end receivers and a tight end, Gronkowski. The rest of my team just kind of falls into place. It's gonna work out great. And the more I thought about it, that's exactly what Ole Miss's strategy has been for several years. It's full studs and duds. Ole Miss's AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Greg Little, uh, then a bunch of like who, what, who are these guys? Uh, you know, it works out for Ole Miss from time to time. I mean, Hugh Hugh Freeze was all about the studs and duds. That was his whole strategy. If you remember the Laquan Treadwell, Laramie Tunsil, Robert Kimdichie teams, uh, and there's a whole bunch of dudes. Uh, so basically, you know, I, I just, I, I just, it was a revelation. You know, Ole Miss is, is studs and duds. They are that fantasy strategy. We're gonna see how it works out. Yeah, it's. 
That was my that was my thirty second uh, clip. I'm trying to do some canned material here for the promotion of the show. Do you think yeah. do you think that works? That's, that's pretty good. Studs and duds. I mean, Hugh Freeze kind of was all about the studs and duds model. That, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily sure that Luke would choose that way, but Hugh Freeze definitely went full in on the studs and duds. At the end of the day, though, a lot of college teams are like that. I mean, injuries, yeah. even for top teams, key injuries are, make a huge difference. Sometimes you even you take a dud like Alex Weber to get a stud like Larry Tunsil, right? Sometimes they, it's a package deal. Yeah, you just have to manage your studs and dud ratio. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you get, get the dud ratio and the thug talent ratio aligned properly, then you've got yourself a football That's team. the formula right there, yeah. Those are the APIs to track success. Um, we're going to talk about the defense in a second. Before we do, I want to take a detour into the special teams because uh, I really feel like this has not been talked about like at all during the offseason. It's a big problem for this team. Yeah, Ole Miss has a new kicker and a new punter, and I, I don't I don't think anybody's really been talking about it. Luke Logan is apparently going to be the place kicker. I know nothing about him. Uh, going to be interesting to see how he performs against Texas Tech and as the season goes on. Does he love the Bear Sharks? I would hope so. I mean, you're a kicker. You you, you need to be a positive. I hope he loves the, the Bear Sharks. I hope so. Uh, let's see. A punt return, like I already mentioned, Elijah Moore, backed up by Tyler Knight, Jalen Jones on kick return again. He uh he had some success there last year. Um, I, although I don't think that there's going to be many kick returns anymore with the way they moved up the kickoff. I think it's going to be through the end zone most of the time, co- co- combined with the whole out to the 25 yard line thing. Um. Yeah. Interesting thing about the new punter, Mac Brown. Luke went out of his way today at the press conference to talk about how Mac Brown is athletic and how he can throw and he can run and opens you up for fakes. That's all good. What I don't understand is if that's true, why are you talking about it? You know what I mean? Like I, like he's trying. He's trying to mind twist old Cliff Kingsbury. Is it double? Is it a double mind game where he's actually never gonna run a fake with this guy and he's just creating that in the back of his head? I don't know. He just want to make Kingsbury work that much harder. Yeah, when I when I see Matt Luke up there at the podium, the first thought is psychological warfare. I mean, this guy is playing five dimensional chess. You can just you can just Absolutely. tell by the look in his eye that uh, you know he he's he's just in the head of Kingsbury. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the defense. Uh, defensive line, I think, is going to be a question mark. I think it's pretty interesting that uh, Tyreekus Tisdale, who just got on campus in the beginning of August after uh, reclassifying in JUCO, getting eligible, is the backup for Austin Robinson at run-stopping defensive end. I mean, Tisdale has great size, 6'5", 280. Um, excited to see what he can do. I just I think he's going to be super raw. I doubt he's going to really be able to give you that much, at least in the beginning of the season. He's probably not conditioned. He has been playing in JUCO. Um, but the fact that he broke into the two deep, I don't know if that's, if that's a good sign for his development or if that's a bad sign for depth. Uh, I think even more troubling is sincere David backing up Josiah Cotney at defensive tackle. David is apparently injured. Uh, and it hasn't, hasn't ever really seen, he's never seen game action. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, I think defensive tackle is a, is a big concern for this team. Uh, Benito Jones and Ross Donnelly are both really good players, uh, playing nose tackle, but outside of Cotney Jones Donnelly, there's really no other, there's no depth there. Um, like I said, you have an injured guy in the two deep. That's kind of worrisome. Didn't, uh, wasn't there some guy named like Hal Northern that was a Juco tackle? I thought, Hal, was he Juco? I remember Hal Northern. I couldn't remember. I don't, I don't know if he was Juco, but yeah, he was, he's a tackle. 
I thought he was Juco, so is he redshirting? I mean, I don't know. Let's look. At, I'll, I'll give it the old Google. Um. Child Northern. Yeah, he is a junior, so I don't know. I, I doubt he's redshirting, right? I mean, I guess he could have two years left. I mean, you could redshirt a JUCO theoretically. It's possible. Yeah, they're going to need to recruit some some tackles and ends for sure. At the other defensive end, uh, you got Kadir Shepard, Victor Evans, Ryder Anderson, notably absent Charles Wiley and Markel Winters. Um, you know, they're left off of this depth chart. I don't know if that means they're going to be like third down pass rush type guys or if they're just not, you know, meeting expectations, but definitely had high hopes for both those guys, especially Markel Winters, who was four-star Juco guy. Um, and then Wiley was a four-star out of high school. I'm pretty sure he had some legal issues as a freshman. Um, I want to say he's a redshirt sophomore this year. Uh, you know, not sure what's going on with those guys. Freddie Roach. I mean, he's supposed to be good at developing players, right? I mean, I forget. It, I forget he's even there. He's he's such a in the background every guy. Ole Miss coach supposed to be good at developing <laughs> players? According, I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, did people say like that saying, about Pavito? Because they shit on Pavito now. Did did they used to claim that? Probably. I'm sure they did. I'm sure some people did. So, anyway. Uh, you know what we have to talk about now? The next, the the important position group. Yep. Let's hear about it. We got linebackers uh, starting a freshman, a true freshman, Kevontae Ruggs, uh, at ooh, outside linebacker. Yeah, Muhammad Sanogo going to start at middle linebacker, true sophomore, backed up by Jacquez Jones, a carry on Baker. Willie Hibble's backing up. Willie Hibbler converted tight end, backing up Ruggs. Um, obviously, the, the big takeaway here is who is not on this depth chart. Last year's starter for most of the year, uh, Detrick Bing Dukes. Nowhere to be found here on the middle linebacker rotation. Uh, I mean, good news. Bing Dukes is slaw and just not not great. Um, I've seen a lot of, a lot of Ole Miss fans saying, if you're going to struggle, if you're going to throw out guys that maybe uh, have a chance to be overwhelmed, you may as well do it with the younger guys that have potential, right? I don't know. Where do you come down on starting, especially Gavante Ruggs, 6'3", 202 pounds. He's listed right here at outside linebacker in the SEC. I mean, is this... Is this guy going to be just a uh, instant impact guy? Or is, I mean, more than likely he's going to take some lumps, but maybe in the long run it works out. Sinquez Golson got embarrassed by Trent Richardson in 2011, made a hero play in 14. Didn't Elston kind of have a similar situation where he was, as a freshman, had some rough moments? I mean, I feel like he did. I think you got to throw him out there and let him learn. It's a. Denzel Kimdichie at 210 pounds had a hell of a year in 2012. And then, he, and then he did a gazillion drugs. But. And Denzel Kimdi allegedly did. <laughs> Denzel Kimdichi also Denzel was not was not six three. He got higher than hell. I mean, Denzel Kimdichi was not six three. Jump out a window. So yeah, that was yeah. a that was by far my most sarcastic allegedly of all time. I mean, we've those, all seen those, Denzel's those things, uh, rap video, right? Yeah. I, and then he also uh, fell asleep during a radio interview. That was the highlight for me. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's the right move. I, I don't think you're going to make any progress starting Bing Dukes again. And uh, I mean, did, I think Hibbler played last year. Who was who was the other starting linebacker last year? I want to say it wasn't any of these guys either. 
I forgot. Oh, I, of I, course, Demarcus I, Gates, who's who's gone now. He was really good. Um, so you're trying to produce an actual SEC almost caliber linebacker in Gates. I'll say this: the fact that there's different names does mildly pique my interest for Saturday. Just wow! I mean, just football see, of the year, yeah. Saturday, crazy. Um, to see kind of how um, you know, is there any shot at improvement here? Yeah. Did John Summerall's blue collar attitude really make him any better? You know, this is what the uh, this is how the what the story allegedly exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. Is is he is are the fundamentals going to be improved? They're going to be an attacking defense that that you know fits the gaps and they gonna play how hard are they gonna play yeah you know? I, well yeah that's another thing about starting the young guys i think they are gonna definitely play hard probably be out of position sometimes over pursue stuff like that but i think a big complaint with the old miss linebackers last year was they would just wait back very tentative wait 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 and then by the time you know the the running back gets to you you're not going to be able to tackle him he has all the momentum uh just a, a lot of tentativeness there um backfield should or yeah defensive backfield should be a strength i mean you got a lot of guys that have experience back there um the star position they got montreal custis listed as the starter we've heard a lot about vernon dasher who's the backup uh, why are they still running a four two five Apparently they're going to be multiple. Well, I think the the short answer is Womack was multiple. I'm tired of multiple. I think the I'm short gonna... answer is you don't have the depth up front and uh, any good linebackers to be able to play like a three four or something like that. Yeah. Um. But maybe they'll maybe we'll see it some this year and we'll see how they can experiment with personnel. But uh, Dasher I think could be the starter sooner sooner rather than later from what I've heard. Ordaway as the third string. Isn't Cam Ordaway most famous for uh wasn't he the one that had that conversation with Leo Lewis about how Mullen told him to do it allegedly? I want to say that was Cam Ordaway. It could have been somebody else. Uh I don't think it was Cam Ordaway, but You don't think so? Okay. Who you don't remember, who was it then? It was definitely a, a defensive back. I'll try to figure this out while we're are we going. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um well this is our special I mean the the untold stories from inside the old Miss responses to the NCAA. That's like our bread and butter here on this show. I've, um, I've moved on from that. I'll be frank. We, we've spent enough time. Well, when, when rebel rags wins their lawsuit and uh, Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland are sent to jail. Well, you'll be, I came you'll on be here sorry. and said it wasn't done yet, even though Steve Godfrey and the fake media said it was done. So I, I will always have that clip to, um, to go back to when needed for this. Yeah, since we definitely go back and uh, and listen to those clips. Yeah, exactly. Let's um, see. I'm looking in Stephen Godfrey's crooked letter right now. Oh. Okay, all right. We'll 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 continue. We won't we won't get too hung up on this. Miles um, Hartfield playing cornerback, uh, backed up by JV and Hamilton. He was injured, but it should be the starter. Um, same with Ken Webster coming off a hamstring. He's running third team on the other cornerback position behind Jalen Joes and Keydron Smith. Honestly, that's pretty good five cornerbacks right there from what we've seen. Hartsfield, Hamilton, Jalen Jones, Ken Webster, and then Keydron Smith. People have, have talked highly about the freshmen. So I think that, that could be a position group of strength. Uh, safety, you got Zedrick Woods as a starter. He was, he was good last year. Um, backed up by C.J. Miller. Other safety position, you got C.J. Moore as a senior at this point. Uh, and then backed up by Cam. Moore White. Twins are still on this team. Just one of them. One of them, this one. CJ Moore had to redshirt at some point, I believe, and then AJ graduated last year. 
So we're yeah. we're just down to one twin at this point. So I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting half, to see. But we only have half as much defense as we had last year. Because we only got one more twin. That's right. That's right. Okay, that's uh, good to know. Yeah, and the twins, the twins that were recruited by Freeze, uh, famously because he heard they were twins, and that was all he needed to hear. Hey, they look damn good in those videos promoting their faith. <laughs> That, that's my favorite joke I've ever made on the on the podcast is Hugh Freeze is out in the recruiting trail and all they heard was twins and then he turned around what and then he thought and then he signed the the more twins didn't know what was going on he thought it was something else <laughs> um so that's your depth chart I think as we mentioned there are players left off that I think will still play a role um I, I am interested if if Tyler Knight is really the fourth string or worst running back. Uh, with all the kind of accolades and praise he got through camp, or if that's kind of some sort of misdirection, I have no idea. He's very small. We we'll see if he gets any uh, any snaps at running back in the game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I mean overall pretty straightforward. Not a ton of revelatory information on that depth chart. Has Phil Longo added any plays this year? Uh, I think he or- took some away. I think we're down to four plays now. We're down to four points. Yeah. They have. A, I heard they have a sweep run, a run up the middle, and then there's like a post route and then like a crossing route. And that's what I think they're going to go with. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's fair. Obviously, if the offense does poorly, you can criticize Longo. I don't know if the size of the playbook is really the culprit, if that makes sense. I mean, we're talking about college football players. Simplicity is a strength a lot of the time it seems yeah we'll see nobody knows how to i mean it's not you're not going to beat nick saban and his hundred person staff you're not going to beat you know the the savant gus malzahn but you can you can probably score a lot of points against equal and lesser opponents running very simple plays ed orgeron beat gus malzahn last year that happened yeah but we don't have lsu's talent fair LSU's defense is going to be insane. I was thinking of their depth chart earlier. On the other side, their offense might be just as bad as their defense is good. Yeah. Uh, they got Burrow winning the quarterback competition. Uh, don't really recognize any names on LSU's offensive depth chart, except for, of course, Leonard Fournette, which, no, it's not Leonard Fournette wearing a mustache like the, the Chris Paul Allstate commercials. It's like his little brother. It's like basically the Leonard Fournette Alex Weber. Mm-hmm. He's the third string running back at in LSU. I don't know. It seems probably like a bad sign for LSU. Um, I'm trying to think of us. I can't. I'm trying to find the LSU depth chart to pull up here. But uh, also around the league, we were talking about before the show. Alabama gonna gonna run two quarterbacks. They both quarterbacks won the competition. Apparently. <laughs> I didn't realize Nick Saban was all about the participation trophy. I know, right? It, it is funny. Like they're they're trying to keep Jalen Hurts happy, right? They don't want him to transfer out and hurt their depth. But like, it, it that just seems like insulting to Hurts' intelligence. Like, obviously he knows what's going on, right? I mean, it couldn't be more obvious. I'm not an Alabama. I don't follow this. Everyone knows that Tua is who they want to start. That's why he started the national championship game or went in or whatever he did. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hertz is just the depth guy. And like, so if, if just saying that would really drive Hertz away, I feel like this guy must not be very smart. Is that, is that mean to say, I just feel like that's the, the obvious takeaway I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know. There are Ole Miss fans that want Hertz to be like a grad transfer at Ole Miss, which I don't, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't, I think it's okay. I'd rather get like a Juco guy to back up corral next year. 
Yeah. Honestly, I just think that's a little, I don't know, whatever. I'm sure Jalen Hurts is a very nice guy. My Alabama fan relatives are big Hurts fans, uh, but I think there's a reason that he is not really the starter, just the participation trophy, as you say. Um, let's see, looking around the league a little bit more. Uh, sh- shocking news in Starkville today. Heisman contender Nick Fitzgerald hit his first setback of the season. Not going to be able to rack up yards against Stephen F. Austin. Uh, suspended for a violation of team rules from March. Uh, probably from not a March? big deal at all. What? Go ahead. Wait, this is – I saw he got suspended, but this from March? That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's what that's what Moorhead uh, – Moorhead does name? Yeah, that's what their coach yeah. claimed. He learned a lot under James Franklin on how to sleazeball this stuff. I know, yeah. right? I, I mean – I really doubt it was from March, right? You probably just say that to kind of put some distance between it, but maybe, maybe he's really just been percolating this whole time. It's kind of yeah. insane that you couldn't find a different way to punish him before now. Um, I mean, is this is this just like a hard ass disciplinarian move? Like, I really don't know how to take this. I mean, I, I guess Moorhead's trying to establish that no one's above the law. That they, they don't they yeah. don't even need him to beat Stephen F. Austin. I mean, they beat Louisville with Keetion Thompson or whatever the guy that's going to be starting the the freshman or not the freshman, the, the sophomore junior every i think he's a sophomore yeah um I, I think more than anything it's just it was just kind of shocking and also shocking that it didn't really like leak out before now this really is something that's been going on since march i really and, wonder if it was intended for him to miss the game or did something else happen right or or maybe you know some some conspiracy people think that this is this is a way to get his ankle a week healthier you know i think that the downside is um He's not going to take any live snaps until they're on the road at Kansas State for that 11 a.m. start. The last time he took a snap would have been when he got injured. So that's that's kind of uh, rough. It might be rusty, breaking a new offense. That's not ideal. Yeah. Um, but, hey, the the MSU hype train chugs on unabated. I don't think they're, they're too worried about this. Just slightly, very, very slightly concerned by the news. But they're all saying they're that all- it's actually good. You know, he's going to be healthier now. Yeah. It's all but, about looking for the man's health. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, it, it is. It actually is. It's a blow to his uh, his Heisman hopes. He just he lost, uh, you know, probably four hundred yards of passing or whatever. However much they're going to run up on Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I did see something interesting. I don't know if this is true or not, but a message board poster was saying his Heisman odds had gone from eighteen to one to like sixty to one, which it, like Vegas found out about this. It's pretty interesting. If that's the reason they dropped, that's pretty interesting. Yes, it is. Hmm. Vegas knows all. If you, I mean, and we'll, and uh, if you listen to the show for a long time, you know that line movement and all that kind of stuff, where people are betting and how the lines react, is something that's very interesting to us. We talk about a lot in the week leading up to a, a certain game. Um, yeah, Vegas knows more about sports than anyone else does. That's hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah, they are a little. They are well connected. Indeed, indeed. Um. Elsewhere in the league, I don't know if there's too much else going on. Obviously, some uh, some big games this weekend we're going to get to when we talk about lines in a second. Um, I'm going to take the opportunity to remind you about our sponsor, John. We, you heard the ad at the top of the show. We're talking about MyBookie. It's online sports gambling. It's a great deal. If you put in 100 bucks, they'll match it dollar for dollar. Get you a free 100 You'll have 200 sitting there in your account that you can uh, play around with this season. Um, something fun that's on here that I discovered clicking around the site. Uh, when we were getting ready for the show, if you go under NCAA football, there's something called a section called special. 
I just want to read off some of these bets to you, John. I know you heard some of them earlier, but they're really funny. So the first one is, uh, which school will be the next five in the NCAA? And I'm, honestly, the reason they don't have Ole Miss on here is probably because it's too much of a favorite. They can't, they can't put that on there. But uh, you got some Maryland, FAU's on here, Ohio State, uh, Alabama. Yeah, right. Come on. Yeah, there's a reason that's plus twelve hundred. Uh, let's see, Penn State, A and M. Although that's really honestly, Alabama is. I think they have those odds off. I mean, they're saying it's more likely to be Alabama than. Florida State or A and M, A and M plus fifteen hundred. That might be a good bet. You know, you know, Jimbo's gonna get it cranked up over there. I like I that one. What'd you say? I said, yeah, Jimbo is gonna get it cranked up over yeah, no there. No doubt. UTEP plus five thousand. What do they know about UTEP and their violation? I don't know. Um, which fan base first to rush the field in twenty eighteen? That's fun. Uh, where will game day be on September eighth? Who will Lee Corso pick on September first? Uh, there are some really funny ones. A lot of Saban retire ones, some Bill Snyder retire. Where's Lane Kiffin going to be coach? Or like, will Lane Kiffin still be at FAU, et cetera? Got that for several hot coaches. Uh, Matt Campbell, Jason Candle. Um, there's some really funny ones down here. Um, will Lane Kiffin be involved in a co-ed scandal by January 1st? Yes, is plus 1,000. Uh, will an SEC school employ Hugh Freeze on January 1st? Yes, plus 140, no, minus 175. So they're kind of leaning towards the no on that one. He, uh, he Freeze is definitely going to be on a staff in 19. Hey, take the bet. Take the bet. By January 1st, though. I, I feel like that's the, the pertinent thing I, there. He's going to get hired say, later. He'll, he'll get hired I, after signing day. See, here's what, yeah, I'm with you. I would nuance it this way. I think it's, uh, I think he's on a 2019 staff, but it, it not by the first of the year. So there's a lot of, there's a ton of Mike Gundy mullet questions. So this one says, will Gundy's quote-unquote Arkansas waterfall reach the shoulder pads of his suit uh, in time for Bedlam? Yes, minus 160, no, plus 120. And this is my personal favorite one. Last one on the page. Who will Mike Gundy blame for having to cut his mullet? Uh, his wife, minus 250. Parents, plus 300. Sons, plus 500. Pastor, university administration, extended family, or all of the above. Or plus 25. So this is kind of some of the fun stuff going on over at my bookie. Uh, proud to have them sponsoring the show again, our promo code, all caps, shark, S H A R K. Uh, like I said, you put in a hundred dollars, they'll give you a free hundred to play around with this season. It's actually a great deal. Um, so yeah, don't delay. And we would really appreciate it if you signed up and use our code, man. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, so now onto the lines. Uh, I am on my bookie. We're going to go through, uh, you know, if you've listened to the show, past football seasons, it's pretty straightforward. We just kind of go through the week's lines, pick out any uh, SEC games, anything else that catches our eye, and uh, just kind of talk shit. That's like the whole show. You're listening. You understand that by this point. You get it. Um, all right. So some Friday night games. There's, some Thursday, there's not really any good Thursday games. Huh? I don't, none of this really appeals to me. I guess UCF versus UConn is the is Wisconsin one. Thursday or Friday night. I do not see it on Thursday, so it must be yeah, it's Friday. Friday at nine PM Eastern, I'm guessing this is Eastern. Yeah. So the Wisconsin hype show. Oh, look, gets... look, you can uh you can pick your time zone up top, guys. This is great. So I just switch it to central for me. John, you're gonna want to stay on the eastern time for you. Yep. Um so Friday night, Utah State versus Michigan State. Meh. Uh you said Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Western Kentucky, Wisconsin minus thirty five and a half. I have no idea. Wisconsin's very highly rated. I guess lay the points. Um, surely they can score enough to cover that. Colorado State versus Colorado. That's a fun uh, 
in-state rivalry to start the year. Colorado State's only plus eight after getting worked by Hawaii. I feel like I would take Colorado minus eight in that game. Um, even though I know nothing about either team other than the fact that Colorado State got worked by Hawaii, which is not a good sign. If you're a, if Hawaii is beating you, that's not a good sign. The biggest game of the weekend, New Hampshire at Maine. Oh, baby. They, they call that the uh, the fight for the crab trap, right? I think it's the battle of the Piscataway. <laughs> I love it. Uh, here's, a, here's a fun one for Saturday morning. Same time as the Ole Miss game at 11. Uh, FAU versus Oklahoma. Right, Oklahoma minus 21. That's a, minus 21 is some respect for Lane Kiffin's team there. They, yeah. I like that. They've got to keep that close because Oklahoma's got a new quarterback. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's Kyler Murray, right? He's the Oklahoma quarterback? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, um, Houston versus Rice. Houston get, getting a lot of points, obviously. Uh, Ohio State minus thirty eight and a half versus Oregon State. I, you think Ohio State's going to score a lot of points on Saturday? Eleven a.m. start. Uh, Urban's not uh, there. I don't know. Really I feel like thirty eight not thirty eight and a half is a lot. It's a lot of points. I have, I have Penn State at not minus twenty four. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they beat the crap out of App State. I believe it. Franklin's going to want to prove to everybody he has an offense at life beyond Saquon. So mm-hmm. Life beyond Moorhead, dude. He lost the, the offensive guru. Just, he's gone to Starkville. He's got an ego. He'll roll it up. Yeah, I think that's a good bet. Texas opened at 10. They're at 13. Oh, they're going to Maryland. So after the, all the trauma around the Maryland program, yeah. that's... I guess Maryland could rally in the face of adversity, right? But Texas still probably covers that. Yep. Um, let's see. Auburn minus one against Washington, depending on the line. Yeah, I have it. I've have it minus one and a half. Uh, could be a good bet on the Huskies there. I don't know. I'm a little biased since I'm hearing Neil talk about how good they are. A gun to my head. Well, it's it's in yeah. uh, Dallas, is that right? No, no it's in Atlanta. Atlanta. Sorry, I forgot Atlanta. Do, we re- do you trust Gus Malzahn? No. Washington's <laughs> going to come out, want to prove they belong again after making the playoff last year. I think um, I think Auburn's probably the more the better team, but mm. Peterson's better than Gus. We'll so that, see. Line seems about right. It's, it seems about like an even matchup. Uh, here's the game we're talking about. Texas Tech minus two and a half in NRG Stadium Saturday, 11 a.m. Uh, I think I, I think it's pretty much an even matchup. I think this this favored line for Texas Tech is just because it's in Texas. Um, I I think I, I give Ole Miss two and a half there. I actually think Ole Miss wins this game. Um, we shall see. I mean, we have no idea what Texas Tech has. We don't really know what Ole Miss has, but I think Ole Miss is going to go out and score. What did I say last week? Tech would win by three because... Yeah, but I thought you ended up switching because you picked Ole Miss to go over six and a half, right? Yeah, I guess I contradicted myself. That sounds about right. (laughs) Well, it's called hedging our bet. We hedge our bets on the show. We're not idiots. We're smart. Uh, I I pick Ole Miss plus two and a half there. Uh, South Carolina minus 29 and a half versus Coastal. Yeah, Liam. I mean, I think we'll try to score those points. Ooh, how about how about West Virginia minus ten versus Tennessee? I say give me the give me minus ten. West Virginia is going to win by more than that. Lay the shit out of that. That might be the lock of the week. Yeah, Tennessee is 
is hot garbage. I, I think they're going to be Some people have basement. it at nine and a half. Like, that is – Yeah, I'd take that. That's the luck right there. I love it. Um, let's see. Michigan, Notre Dame, basically a pick em. Yeah, mine's a pick em on, on on my bookie. So I get Notre Dame as a pick em at home against the against fake news shit. Against Shea Patterson. That should be a fun one. I like this. You like Notre Dame? Okay, I like that. Uh, Alabama minus 24.5 versus Louisville. Is this neutral site? Where is this game? Uh, believe it's in Orlando. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, oh, is this the Camping World kickoff that Ole Miss played in a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, I like Alabama to cover that in a neutral site game. Yeah, I don't think Louisville is going to be any good. I guess, I mean, if, if if Alabama didn't cover, I guess it would be a QB thing. You know, maybe two is still injured and Hurts is unhappy. I don't know. That's my best guess. Yeah. Uh, how about how about Miami versus LSU? Uh, Miami minus three and a half. And this is in Arlington, I believe. Yep. Miami three and a half in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Salty LSU defense. Miami should be good, though. I lean towards Miami covering. I think they'll win the game, but it, they could also win by less than three and I a half. I think Miami covers, but. That's a good I, line for Vegas. I think 40, they're going to get a lot of action. 48 over under. I like the under. LSU fans. Yeah, I, I like the under. Low scoring. I agree. Virginia Tech versus Florida State. Florida State minus seven and a half. Kind of like Virginia Tech there. Like I think Florida State will be good, but new coach. They weren't good last year. I think the Hokies are actually decent. Uh, I actually, I, I like uh, I like Florida State at home to open under Taggart. Last game of the weekend, play Monday at seven p.m. All yeah. eyes on them. You like that? Okay, all right. We split on that one. Tech. I think that I think Taggart has a good opener. Let's see. I don't have all of the the cupcake SEC games, but I mean, I think we we hit the ones that actually have real lines. You know, when it's a line of plus 45 or whatever minus 45 it doesn't really not really worth discussing um all right so we got you got auburn covering the one and a half is that what you said where do i want to go i don't like betting this because yeah it's a little close for comfort there i think bama covers i think miami covers i'm picking old miss um yeah Tennessee. I'm picking West Virginia there. So, Ole, so let's kind of both, maybe both in terms of wins and. Um, well, hang on. Is there any other lines you want to cover? Because I, I want think to that's talk. it. That's all I saw. You see anything on your end that looks interesting? That's pretty much all the good ones. Not a ton. So, how are we going to define what is a reasonable definition of a successful season for Ole Miss this year? I think. I think go ahead. You go than, first. I mean, that's part of it, but what is a successful season for Ole Miss? I think a successful season, first of all, you need to win six or more so as to not seem like you're regressing from last season. I agree. I think you win minimum six. Second point, I think it doesn't necessarily matter how many you win beyond that. It matters what the results are in December and January for the early signing period. Like if, if you can end up with a top 15 class with six wins, that's a good season. You know, if, if, if winning six and you fall out of the top 25 and you lose all the good uh, Mississippi talent, you don't sign any linebackers. um, I think that is a failure. I think the most important thing this season is winning however many games you need to, to seem like you have momentum to guys like N'Kobe Dean, who I, I think is a long shot. I don't think N'Kobe Dean is going to come to Ole Miss, but guys like that, 
Um, I think you want to seem like you're building something. You're building towards something, not just you're heading down into a pit of misery, uh, which with the way the roster is shaping up could, could be a very real outcome. So Matt Luke needs to work hard to appear like, you know, they're on a good trajectory. That's the most important thing about this season is just momentum, upward, upward trajectory. Don't go backwards. If I guess the, I was trying to think if it could be somehow be a successful season if they win if they go five and seven I guess that would be contingent on um and you don't root for this at all but let's say Tiamo got hurt mm-hmm. and Corral stepped in and played and showed signs of I mean signs of having potential down the road in his career I think that's probably the only scenario I can yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, defensive improvement. Defensive improvement is a good benchmark, right? Because you're going to return, like, all these guys next year on defense almost. So yes. if they can look like they have potential in the future, that's that's a good sign. Um, I guess some, some good plays from the young, young receivers, and then your running backs are there for a while. So same thing with the running backs. Um, yeah, I really just think this, this season's all about looking towards next season and beyond. Uh, you know, what can you project out of the young guys and pretty much everybody, but Tayamu, uh, and AJ Brown, uh, and Demarcus Lodge, pretty much everybody else is, uh, is, uh, what are they going to be like in the future? What can we build around them? You know, what do we need to do recruiting wise? That's really what this season's all about. Um, I don't think that the bowl ban will be lifted. I think you agree with me on that one. No. And honestly, I don't think the, I- I really don't think kids care about a bowl, about bowls much anymore. I think so. I think like top top flight recruits, recruits that can choose from any school. Some of them want to go where they can play for a championship. Um, they want to go where they can get in the big famous outside Rose Bowl. Of, outside of the access bowls, nobody cares. Right. Even some bowls, nobody it, really cares. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's more important to have a good atmosphere they want to be in year round, have a coaching staff they relate to and they're comfortable around good facilities, um, cool uniforms, good game day experience, that kind of stuff. I think all comes ahead of, Hey, can we go to Shreveport? Can we go to Nashville for the, for the bowl at the end of the year? You know, that stuff is probably less important uh, from where I stand from, from what I can tell. Um, So yeah, that's your lines for the week. Uh, College football is back, baby. We made it through another off season, John. Okay, I'm also curious in general just how how well watched is this college football season? Right, I know you've been you've been eyeing that. Um, I think hard to say what the enthusiasm level will be like when it comes to people watching on TV stuff like that. I I think your premonition of football taking a downward turn is kind of bearing out in ticket sales at least. I think a lot of schools are struggling with ticket sales right now. Um, Ole Miss definitely one of those schools. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I think enthusiasm generally is down. I don't know. It, it, like we've talked about in the past, I think it, it swings wildly based on your fan base. Um, yeah. but some big fan bases are kind of a little bit, you know, punched in the mouth right now, whether it's the whole urban Meyer scandal and all of that. I think Ohio state fans are reeling from that. Um, Alabama fans, obviously are Alabama fans and, that's, I mean, that's the thing. There's so many SEC fan bases that are really energized right now. Georgia, Alabama, I think even Auburn after winning the West last year. A&M is, is, is ready to go. States, states fan base is expecting a really big season. So outside of Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, I mean, Tennessee fans probably kind of a split bat. I think some are probably realistic about their shots this year. Some probably are, you know, we're Tennessee and we got a new coach. We're going to be great. 
Um, but there are a lot of a lot of fan bases that think that they're on the the upswing right now. Um, and so I think in those places, there's going to be a lot of enthusiasm for it. Uh, the question is, like, how do you measure? Uh, so should we just look at ratings? Maybe let's look at ratings for the biggest games of the week and compare them to last year. That could be one way we could look at it. Yep, I think that's the simplest way to do it is more to the end from a ratings perspective. Yeah, so we'll be monitoring that as the year goes on for sure. I, I did. It, was your theory just that there is a lot of media fragmentation? There's a lot of other options going on. Is it specifically people turning against football for CTE or the thing about the 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 anthem protest in the NFL? I think they have affected the NFL ratings, but I'm not sure that's going to trickle down to the college game or if it actually would have a, a positive effect on college ratings or people turn away from the NFL intentionally towards college because they think it's the more pure, less controversial political CTE. game. I think CTE adversely impacts college. Definitely. I think it's a combination of everything you mentioned. There's no big national anthem. Well, there's no national anthem scandal, but there's the NCAA. And there's which, Urban Meyer. I mean, there are very distasteful things. Going back a few years, Penn State. The Baylor, uh, Maryland. I mean, there's a lot of negative, nasty stuff associated with college football. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it um has a measurable worth. effect. So, hmm. well, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff ahead this season. We'll see uh, how bad our team is, uh, how much people in general are turned off by the sport. Uh, but whatever. I mean, yeah, my enthusiasm is not the level it was two, three years ago. Uh, it is funny to think coming off of that Sugar Bowl, probably was excited for a season that turned out to be like a a, a stinking five and seven, just complete turd of a season. Um, yeah, kind of makes me feel better about not being as pumped up for it. You know, you kind of feel silly after, but yeah, I mean, three years ago, four years ago, in the midst of the the Hugh Freeze glory days, I definitely was more excited. But honestly, it's not the, it's not I like it better this way, but it, it does. I feel better cheering for this team matt luke as individual some of these guys aj brown you know the the greg littles and then all the you know that i was mean and called them duds earlier but you know the lesser recruited guys it's it'll be nice to see those guys succeed and if they lose i'm not going to be that upset about it because we don't go in with these crazy expectations this year i mean being bull band really takes a lot of pressure off of you (laughs) you don't have to worry about Missing uh, Atlanta or the national championship or whatever. Being like, ball band is a good thing, Justin Sanders. Yep, relieves the pressure. You can just go out there and have fun with your friends. Just throw the ball around, you and Alex Brad- Weber. What do you say? Kind of like Bradley Sal in 2009. <laughs> we oh, lost yeah, this brother. game with these expectations are gone. We can just go out and focus on playing football. Now we can just yeah. Now we can just play the game we love and and get the uh, the the brain disease that we love from yeah. repeated trauma. Yeah, that's yeah. that's good. That's a nice warm fluffy story for you. Uh <laughs> around the world of sports, Odell Beckham gets paid. Where do you come down on this? You a Odell Beckham believer, disbeliever? I hell are they giving him money before that much money before the season? Well, I think first and foremost you do it because he's a brand. I mean, I think Odell Beckham makes more money than that over the lifetime of his contract for the <laughs> Giants by far. He's a from cancer. What'd you say? He's a locker room cancer. I, I think the teammates like him. I, Between Odell Beckham and T.O. What's the difference in Odell Beckham and Manti T.O.? Is that what you said? Oh, Terrell Owens. Yeah, Terrell Owens. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think his teammates like him, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. 
Maybe the fact his teammates like him is everything that's wrong with the Giants. <laughs> I think I think there's I think it's a cool I think it's cool that he got that big contract, high paid wide receiver now. I like Odell Beckham. Obviously he's like big showboater, all that, but that's kind of what makes football fun is like the the players having personality. Um and like I said, I think he will be stood worth on the, it. He's a showboater. What'd you say? Who? He stood on the star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. But I think uh I think in today's day and age and the, the game that they play now, uh, Odell Beckham will make that money back for the Giants j- really just because of his personality and his fan base and his following. Uh, that's that's my expectation. So I don't know. It seems worth it to me just to, to keep a star of that magnitude wearing your uniform. We'll see. Well, I know- I mean, he could have gone out and had a 2,000-yard season and you offer him the same money and he would have taken it. Yep, yeah, that's true. No, I don't really know. I don't know why you do it now. I don't know. I mean, he could be if he goes out and has a huge year. Is he worth that much money? Sure, mm-hmm. but he may I mean, not. He hasn't done it yet. Yeah, goes out there and gets year. hurt again. Then why did you give this guy all that money? Mm-hmm. And what, like sixty-five million of it's guaranteed or something? It's huge. Yeah, but then, but it's but like, what do you say about giving contracts to pitchers for like two hundred million dollars? Different sport. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, at the end of the day, how is it really that different? They can go out and get hurt as well. Yeah, but what the – why would – you have him signed for the year. You can pay him this – he'll take the big fat deal afterwards. Isn't that – Yeah. nothing – I mean, you aren't wrong. I don't know. When when was he going to be a free agent after this season? Like, I didn't know – I don't know what the timeline was. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did it now. But here, the tiebreaker is he stays in New York because of all the off-field marketing activities. Uh-huh. Right. I think that makes sense. I think that's fair. Well, anyway. I guess we'll find out if he has a big year. He's he's not on my fantasy team, so I'm not. I don't care. I don't care what happens to him. If I when I'm playing against him, I hope he has a bad game. Who's your quarterback? Uh, freaking Deshaun Watson, baby. Oh wow. He's a he's a dud. I'm telling. Okay, my studs. We got DeAndre Hopkins, easy, Michael Thomas, huge, and Gronkowski. That's that's two first-round wide receivers and a first-round tight end right there. I'm stacked. I just got to fill in the rest week-to-week on the waiver. It's an easy win. Studs and duds, I'm going to prove the feasibility of the strategy this season. You'll see. All right. I'm excited about it. They uh, Everybody in the league was kind of trashing my draft and my roster, as I was talking about earlier. And then they uh, they ran the league through fantasy pros or whatever. Who do you think has the best roster ranked by them? It's me, baby. They said I had the worst draft, fantasy pros, some paid premium service these chumps pay for. They said I had the best draft. So that's what you get for trying to question me. I also have Evan Ingram on the bench and uh, Jimmy Graham for some reason. I had to, I had to leave. I was driving. I decided to put it on auto bid, and for some reason, ESPN auto bid bought me Evan Ingram and Jimmy Graham to back up Gronk. So I don't know, probably some trade bait there with Graham. But hey, I'm gonna have Ingram in the flex sometimes. It's gonna be great. Triple tight end. That's the new, uh, the new fantasy meta. It's gonna be awesome. There you go. I believe, and I'm using, uh, I'm using tables, suggested team name, CT easy like Sunday morning. Um, that's it's just, uh, it's gonna be great. Good stuff. It's gonna be great. Uh yeah, so that's uh that's pretty much the gist of the show for this week. You got anything else you want to talk about, John? Before uh we we put the last show before football season in the books. Football season on. I guess we'll, we can do NFL opening week next week as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of talk about where all that 
where we think all that goes. That's right. I don't, I don't have any Jags players. It's divorcing my fantasy from my fandom. Uh, you know, I'm a diehard Jags fan. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. Yeah. But um, we'll call it there for now. Uh, normal plug, same as every week. In addition, of course, my book, you guys. Use code SHARK. It'll be great. Um, and you're going to have fun, too. Like I said, it's a fun site, easy to use. Uh, and if you put some, if you're willing to put some money in to play with this season, they'll uh, they'll double it for you. That's a great deal. Uh, but for now, we'll uh, we'll end the show. Thank you for listening. Um, for John, I'm Justin. We'll talk to you again next week.